Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorcom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put on important news. And if you love news that involves uplisting from OTC to NASDAQ, you're going to love the news we're going to be talking about today with Brent Suen. He's a CEO at Logic Trades in, Canada, in the U.S. and the stock symbol LGIQ. And for friends in Canada, same symbol, LGIQ. For those new to the story, this is the Agoracom of the e-commerce world, guys. Agoracom helps small, mid-cap companies get the attention of investors. Logic is a better, award-winning, bigger company that helps small and medium businesses compete against mega brands in e-commerce. And that's critical because mega brands are now controlling almost 70% of the U.S. market alone, makes it harder for the small guys to compete. Logic solves that problem. Now, is that just talking the talk? No, they're walking the walk. Why? Q2 revenue, $4.9 million. Revenue guidance for 2022, $40 to $50 million. And you got to remember, for the full year 20, 2021, revenue came in at over $37 million. So the company is delivering results. And here's the headline we're talking about. DLQ announced plans to list on NASDAQ via merger with a SPAC. Brent, welcome back, my friend. Hey, George. Thanks for having us. It's been a while. It's been because, hey, it's not, you know the summer was kind of turbulent for the markets, and you guys were hard at work with this, obviously. This is really big. Before we get into details, big picture, how big is this for, for, for you, for, for, for DLQ, for Logic? And remind everyone, again, just quickly, for the new people, because they might have seen the up, upgrade to the NASDAQ, what D, the origins of DLQ. Sure. So, so for, firstly, DLQ is, is just an abbreviation for Data Logic, which is our core business. Um, j- just to clarify, um, you are correct with the $37 million in revenue for last year, but we did a spinoff of our overseas business earlier this year. So the actual underlying Data Logic business did $24 million in revenues last year. Right, right. And this year, you are also correct in the forty to fifty million dollar run rate. Um, however, if you look at Q one and two and you annualize them, it doesn't quite get you there. So the question I've been asked a lot lately, a lot lately, is how do you go from a run rate now of about call it eighteen million up to forty or fifty? Would you make an acquisition, or what would that look like? Um, we could, we could make an acquisition, but that's not factored into the numbers. Um, I think a, a very simple and short answer is one or two new clients could, would, um, would accommodate that. And if you look at some of our peers, um, Zeta, Fluence, um, Media Alpha, um, they have clients that are significantly larger than that. So if we got one, for example, in the contribution for Q4 would readily put us on a run rate of 40 to 50 million. So once you get out there and you say that publicly, you're, you're wed to that. So, uh, so I'm assuming you've got a pipeline. You've got, you've got things working on the pipeline. You're not just, you're obviously not hoping for a miracle. By no means. When, when we acquired Battlebridge the, earlier this year, um, their head of sales showed us uh, their, their current pipeline of business. Um, some of these they've been after for 12, 13 months 
And um, I think it's, it's highly likely you'd see some of those closing or possibly already um, in, in, in which to, to, to round out the year um, as per our um, uh, anticipated projections. I'm sorry, our projections. All right, well, I love how the fact you're able to be kind of specific, but can't be totally specific. And, and you're telling us all, wait, wait to see what happens. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we got a whole quarter in front of us. Essentially, you know, we're at the end of September. So it says you've got October, November, December right in front of us. And given your track record of success, uh, it's not a stretch to say, hey, we should be anticipating more with some confidence. You're not just out there throwing around uh, ideas. Let's. So let's go back to the transaction now. Um, you know, how big is this for existing shareholders and the whole logic ecosystem? It, it is, I, 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 I'm shy about using this word transformative, but, but it really is. We, we, we started out eight years ago and the goal has always been be on NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange. Um, and for, for three years now, I'm sorry, two, two years now, um, we have qualified on all of the um, requirements with the exception of share price. The $4 per share minimum and even the $3 per share minimum has been elusive at best. Um, I think anyone looking at us right now will see that we're about a tenth of that. Um, and we have, we've been very reticent to, to do a reverse split um, in hindsight. Maybe we should have. Regardless, um, this is transformative because merging with the SPAC, Aubrey, um, their ticker symbol is ASPA, and they are on NASDAQ, um, is enabling for us primarily because, and as, as we've talked about on, on, on the Agoracom show, um, we've had a very, very robust pipeline of M&A candidates. And we've also been very... Um, successful at, at, at acquisitions. We've made five in the past three years. We've integrated them all successfully. The challenge has been on the ones that we wanted that are larger, that would have been highly accretive. Um, we were either outbid by NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange listed companies right. or big funds, or their board of directors could not go forward with an OTC listed company. So can we go back to those? Yes. Are there some really, really compelling publicly traded and privately held companies whose valuations have reset similar to ours over the past seven months? Yep. Yes. And we will go after those. And in fact, Brent, I think it's worked to your advantage, right? Even though short term, none of us like what's happening. By the way, what's happening to Logic is not unique to you. Facebook, Spotify, Netflix are all down 50, 60, 70%. Uh, so this is this is not unique to logic, but yes, there's some short-term pain, but much like the dot-com crash, and we saw the catharsis where George Com, you know, goes bankrupt because they never had anything. The survivors that amassed assets and consolidated a little bit went on to become really big winners. I mean, we all know the famous story about Amazon was down to two dollars. Uh, and we know what happened to Amazon. And by the way, we're not trying to tell anyone that logic is gonna be the next Amazon, but the principle is the same, right? That you're, if you're able to amass uh, companies at a discount and create that big foundation, when everything comes back to normal and we go through another bull cycle, you know, for the next multiple years, that's going to be a massive accelerator, right? Even though you got the short-term pain, correct me if I'm wrong. 
you're 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 hundred percent right. And I think you know, e- even looking back two years ago during during COVID, we we bottomed out in in the the Christmas time frame, early spring. Our share price was down in the in the dollar range, and and over the over the subsequent three months, we traded as high as fourteen dollars, which was a two hundred and fifty million dollar market cap at the time. The company today is actually in in, in better shape than we were back then. Yeah, Our margins are higher. Um, we, we've we've had we've had significant growth on the M and A side, and layering layering in technology that um, puts us in a in a highly competitive position. Um, but but we have we have reset in value. Will we will we trade back up to the the high of fourteen? I I don't know. But I think it is very safe to say that what you described can and will happen again. I mean, looking back over of course over it will. We've seen it happen multiple times in tech. Exactly, exactly, and it will not be any different this time. What what we what we will see is 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 a is another move up again in tech and. From from a, from a a a a an, an industry perspective where we compete in the um, in the in the e-commerce ad tech martech um, that's only getting stronger and stronger. That's just it the is. way it is. It is. There'll be a ton of consolidation. Companies will come out the other end better and stronger. And being listed on Nasdaq is is a big deal. And and uh, you know I just want to touch on something. You you mentioned short term um, investors. There is a catalyst if you look at the valuation that Aubrey is attributing to us of 114 million, our market cap right now is 11. So what does that mean? Our shareholders will receive 114 million in value of of the NASDAQ listed Aubrey shares in exchange for the business that we are putting in. So that almost sounds too good to be true, Brent. Yeah, I know. I get that every day. I mean, literally every day. Um, But but it is. Um, There's uncertainty, obviously, because the deal hasn't completed. And there's three major steps um, left to complete by year end. Um, one of them, one milestone is um, this week, uh, completing our audit. And as of this morning, we were still on track. So on the 30th, we should be complete. Um, we will file what's called the S4 um, with the Securities and Exchange Commission thereafter. Um, review should take a month, month and a half, and then a proxy will go out to shareholders. Um, I would hope that all of our shareholders, or at least 51% of them, will vote for a deal that's um, valued at $3 per share, roughly, uh, whereas we're currently trading at $0.32. Um, cents. And then on the Aubrey side, their shareholders don't vote against it. They would redeem if they if they don't want to stay in, meaning they give up their shares, they take their cash back out. So, and by the way, sorry, not to interrupt you there, Brett, but a lot of people aren't familiar with SPACs. So SPACs is, essentially is it's a vehicle. Someone named George says, "Yeah, I'll put in fifty thousand dollars at ten dollars a share," but then the SPAC goes looking for a company to vend in. When it does it, in this case, Data Logic, when it does it, I then get to decide as the shareholder of the SPAC if I want to participate or if I just want to get my cash back. Correct. Uh, so they're not. No one will redeem and take cash from you. It'll be from money that's already sitting there in the SPAC, right? That's correct. That's correct. There's 60 million sitting in their, their trust account. Um, in a best case scenario, all of it stays um, in, a, in a, it's not even a worst case scenario. It, it is a, day, a, a literally daily event 
where companies go into SPACs and you have 100% redemptions, the cash goes out, but they're still on NASDAQ, they're still on NYSE, and then they have the ability to do a raise when needed. So for us, the goal is to be listed on NASDAQ. That's what we want out of it, and we pursue our acquisition strategy again. Sure, we do a raise when it's time, but right now, moving towards being listed on NASDAQ is the sole goal right now. Our shareholders who have seen how, how aggressive we've been in the past on M&A will see a repeat of that. And this time, I think that it will be reflected in our market cap. Um, and these three steps that you talk about are pretty standard step, audit, filing the S4 at the SEC and having the vote. So you, you, I guess you guys have a high degree of confidence. It's not 100%. No deal is done until it's done. But none of these steps are, are hurdles or major hurdles or it's, it's par for the course, right? Correct. The, 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 main, the main thing that, that, that people see when viewing a SPAC timeline is you, you typically see a minimum of six months. And many of them take as long as eight to nine months um, from introduction to where we are now, where we've completed the definitive merger agreement. Um, we're literally at the end of the audit and preparing the S4. Um, we've done that in, man, seven weeks. <laughs> record time actually it is um yes the the investment banker for aubrey and their legal counsel have have noted that that we've set a record i i don't know how auspicious that is but nonetheless what's the takeaway from that okay our team is able to execute on on a compressed timeline under pressure in an environment where you can do it so i think that's testament to the team's ability to execute so assuming everything goes as planned and the transaction moved forward. What's the what's the plan post closing? You know, uh, you know, you're gonna have a brand new currency. You have some cash. Data Logic have some cash. What's the what's the plan at that point? The the plan the plan is no different than what we've pursued in the past from an M and A perspective. There there are candidates that are privately held and and that are publicly traded that have compressed value valuations that are significantly lower than where we were looking at, at valuations back when we were, we had 72 candidates previously. I, I, I firmly believe that we will be able to pick up one to two companies that are highly accretive at low valuations, where when we have this uplift in valuations again, we, we will be part of that wave and it will be reflected by multiples of, 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 of a much greater um, much greater um, perspective than what we've seen in the past. So I'm highly optimistic about that. And I'm presuming you guys have started making phone calls, some of those targets saying, hey, George, not that you're ever looking to acquire Gorkon, but hey, George, remember we're having those potential acquisition discussions. Uh, this is what just happened. This is what just transpired. Watch this because if and when this is a complete run, the NASDAQ, and what's the response? I'm assuming that if you've done that, what kind of response and feedback are you getting from some of the targets that you've that you've had in mind all along? Um, I'll, I'll give you one, which is an uh, analogous to to all of them. Um, we are not going out loud and saying, "Oh, hey, we're on Nasdaq." It's it's framed more as a as a hypothetical. If we came back to you and we were listed on a senior stock exchange in this environment, what would your reception be? Yeah, are you kidding me? It'd be, uh, yeah, this, it'd, this it'd be hey, I, I'd be saying thanks for calling me. 
Uh, I, I need a, I need a good partner. I need, I need to be part of a bigger group. I'm kind of alone and afraid out here. Yes, it, it very much so. And even, and even, even uh, more, more compelling than that is, is the response I got on one that, that we, we, we desperately wanted. Um, their chairman said, I will take, I would take that to the board immediately because they liked us. Changes lot. everything, changes it, everything. It does. It changes everything in the, in the, the strategic fit, which is what's really important to us as an operating team is ideal. What we have married up with what they have together has all the, has all of the, the, the makings of a 500 million billion dollar market cap. And, and that's not a stretch. That's not, that's not being aggressive there. There, there, there's evidence of that. So how is the macro, how is the macro uh, market looking for uh, when I mean, sorry, you're, we know that a lot of advertising companies, a lot of advertising snap had big drop in their market because advertising has come off marketing. How is that impacted your, uh, your world on the SMB side? Is that giving them an opportunity to say, hey, the bigger guys are pulling back budgets. We can we can find a hole here. Or are they also pulling back their budgets? What does the macro side look for the business? That's a great question. <clears throat> the, uh, the, whole, the whole strategic direction that we've taken has been approaching small to medium-sized businesses or, or ad agencies that handle small to medium-sized businesses. The thing that they've been precluded from has been programmatic advertising, which is what the big guys do. They, they're able to, add, to, to access the, the big ad exchanges and take, take premium spots on CNN and Forbes.com, Agoracom.com. Um, that's never really been opened up. There, and, and, and if it is, there, there's no real transparency in pricing and there's no, no real access to the data that is gleaned from that. So for us, it's 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 great because it opens up more possibilities. These people who advertise on Facebook and in Google only now have access to programmatic. Um, so it strengthens our cause. I think having a higher visibility and being on NASDAQ and, and, and attaining a higher market cap makes it all the stronger because it opens more doors. You can then go into the 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 larger ad agencies with a lot more a lot more credibility because it's hard for them to say, oh, sure, we'll partner up with you where, where you're, you're on OTC. Mm, you know, there's, there's thousands of companies there. We're not too sure about those. Being on NASDAQ, again, is, is a complete game changer. So it significantly changes. I've seen it with prior with, with other Agoracom clients who have made it there, Brent. It's amazing how your business picks up because guys who want to do business with you didn't, and now they do. Acquisitions pick up. Even supply on the supply side, partnerships there. It's amazing how that all suddenly changed the game. Uh, so we'll wait. We'll wait for all that to to play out. All right. So by the way, before we end that this part of the segment, congratulations on 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 announcing this this deal with the SPAC. We know there's some final steps, normal course steps you have to take. So we're not going to pop the champagne yet. But you know, we're all wishing you fantastic luck on top of it because Logic is a great. DLQs, it's just a great ecosystem altogether. But let me ask you one more question just on something a little different. Your press release about entering the electric vehicle charger installation 
industry. So you're not stopping, right? <laughs> you're not just because you got these uh, transactions going on. You're not stopping. What do you do, what are you doing there with the with the EV charging installation, sir? Sure. And why did you go there? Yeah, that's that's a good that's another good question because we we made one um, a little before that about going into the roofing market. <laughs> I was getting calls saying, "What the heck are you guys doing going into roofing? Are you going to go out personally and do estimates?" The, these are these are vertical markets that that are highly competitive from the perspective of people that provide services needing to find new customers. And so that, that's that's what we do. It's advertising technology, marketing technology solutions for people in that industry trying to find new customers. EV charging is very interesting because everybody has seen this, this incredible ascent of of companies that make electric vehicles, people that buy electric vehicles, alternative electric, um, I'm sorry, yes, alternative electricity solutions. Um, but there's not, what we found very quickly is there's not a lot of people out there that are focusing on ad tech and MarTech serving these industries, helping people that, that, that do the installations of chargers or charging facilities, whether it's, um, property managers that have you know, malls or commercial buildings um, or parking garages needing to find people that, that do installations or even homes, even homes, maybe Brett. Uh, and, and, and yes, absolutely. And, and it's, it's just a, it, it's just a natural um, extension of what we currently do. We find customers for brands online and we connect them up for the offline portion of that. And so that's what we're doing. That was that was what the announcement had had to do with. And, and frankly, there, there there's there's little to no competition out there for what we're doing. There's it's a huge market opportunity because there's massive demand, but you have to you have to pull in that supply. And so, you know, it's it's starting out, but we anticipate it to be monstrous. And is it fair to say that? Yeah, okay, you just said it right there. I was about to, you you took the words out of my mouth. It's fair to say that you see a big cycle going forward for maybe a decade, right? Because George Com installer says, man, I want to be able to install these charging stations, but all I do is pick up the phone and call random people. I need a more efficient way to get to my potential customers and income's logic at the end of the day. That, that, that's right. And it's no, it's no different from what we, what we do in the other industry verticals that we're in. Um, and I would also point out that it's not just um, for for B two B. It would be a B two C solution as well. If you, right. you if you have an electric vehicle and you search charging station within a mile radius, we can we can we can serve that up as well. Uh, we can enable that search. We can enable um, an installation in your home. So so anything having to do with the actual searching of and finding of someone or or some place to provide that service or that product to you, we can be part of that chain. Well, uh, another, I, I love how you keep moving. I keep, I love how you keep moving the ball. And, and you know, when we all think about EV charging, we all think about, you know, these big grand stations at the end of the day in the middle of the highway. But the fact of the matter is shopping malls will need them. Buildings will need them. Apartment buildings, commercial buildings, my house will need it. And, there are installers who want to find those customers incomes logic. So well, well done on that. I just want to bring that up as an indication of how you keep evolving the business. And I love it. 
Brent, anything we've forgotten or any final words for your shareholders before we sign off? I think we've covered everything pretty de- in good detail, but last word to you, my friend. I don't know. It's just great being back on again and, and look forward to uh, seeing you more often. Hey, it's investing season. Everyone's back at home now. Everyone's doing their barbecues and taking their summer vacations, especially this year, right, Brent? You know, COVID, this is the first summer that people have had in a couple of years where they can almost be COVID relaxed and they really took the time to get away. But now everyone's back at their desk, everyone watching, all the logic investors watching, they all know what it is. So we're going to have you back on a lot, but congratulations this milestone and can't wait to have you back, my friend. Thanks, George. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Brent Suen. He's CEO of Logic Trades in Canada and the U.S. on the stock symbol LGIQ. For those new to the story, because you saw this NASDAQ uplist headline, do your due diligence by going to the company's profile page on Agoracom. Start there. And then once you got that foundational knowledge, head over to the Logic website. Because if you believe in the future of e-commerce, e-commerce marketing, and the role that small and medium businesses are going to play, then you've got to do your due diligence on Logic. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.